Have you ever been on a roller coaster? Hands, roller coaster. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of a roller coaster. Um, the times I've been on, on them, which is few, I had to be sort of coaxed into it. Um, the one that I remember most as a, as a child was um, the Dragon Coaster at an amusement park called Playland in Rye, New York. As a child, I used to go there. My parents would take, take us there, um, amusement park. They uh, had a beach and there was a pool. And we'd buy food and picnic tables. It was on Long Island Sound and it was just this gorgeous view of everything. It's an old amusement park. It's been around since 1928. It's almost 100 years old. For those of you familiar with the movie Big with Tom Hanks years ago, there's a scene where Tom Hanks uh, goes before that machine, Zelda. Uh, if, you, if you haven't seen the movie, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you've seen the movie, <clears throat> you remember that scene. That's Playland, uh, amusement park. <clears throat> so they have a roller coaster there, uh, the Dragon Coaster. And part of the ride is you, you go through this dragon. Lots of symbolism in that. <clears throat> I don't know if this has been your experience, but I remember that first time I get online and um, to get on the roller coaster, and it comes, you know, my group is ready next. And uh, usually, I think most roller coasters work this way. The previous ride comes in, you know, it stops, people get up, and there's people who are laughing and cheering, you know, and then you get some people who are a little, they're like a little green <clears throat> from the experience. And then it pulls up and they, oh, jump, get in, you know. Uh, so you get in your seat, you pull back that bar, and um, someone takes this, I remember this big metal thing and pulls it, and you start, you start. And the first part is pretty calm, you're, you're kind of level, you know, and um, all of a sudden, I remember the sound, I remember the sound of this choom, this chain grabbing the, the, the car, the, car the, the, the roller coaster, and up you go. And you're just, you're just sitting there saying, oh my God, you know, this was a big mistake. <laughs> and, and, you're, and you go up, 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 very slowly. Then you get to the top, that experience, down you go. You swirl around, you go around turns, you go around bends, you go down, you go up, you go around. And it seems like an eternity. <laughs> this ride took two minutes, um, but seemed like an eternity. Why don't you hold on to that image for a second as I share with you some thoughts on Mark's gospel. We'll be reading Mark's gospel quite a bit uh, this year. Uh, Javier mentioned that last week in his homily. It's, it's, it's a gospel we'll be engaging with. And today's reading is from chapter 1. And we are today on chapter 1, verse 26. And Jesus is already casting out demons. He's teaching in the synagogue. Last week he was at the Sea of Galilee calling forth his followers, his disciples. We've gone from the sea to the synagogue. And Jesus is already being challenged. He's already being people standing up against him. He's casting out demons. It's like, whoa. If you look at Matthew and Mark's gospel, if you go to chapter 1 of their gospels, verse 26 or so, you're kind of in that part of the gospel where, uh, I think in Luke, there's Zechariah, Elizabeth, is, they're talking about John being born. Uh, you're in that, you know, you're not, Jesus hasn't even been born yet. 
at this point in, in Luke's gospel, I think it is, in Matthew's, um, we're just about at the birth of Jesus. Just about at the birth of Jesus. Mark doesn't bother with any of that. Mark just jumps right into the, into the ministry of Jesus, right into it. And I'd like to suggest the image that Matthew and Luke are kind of like the roller coaster that starts to take off. You're riding along, you know, you're going up. And then you get to the top of the hill, and then you get into the ministry of Jesus. Mark, if Mark's gospel was a roller coaster, there'd be an elevator or stairs to the top. And you'd get in the roller coaster, sit down, and you just take off. And you're in for the ride. You're in for the ride, around and around. There's no kind of preliminary to this. You're right into it. And that's where we are today with Mark's gospel. We are in the midst. We are right there. And much of Mark's gospel, many suggest, is Mark's gospel wants to lead us to the passion, to the death, the crucifixion of Jesus, and the resurrection. And right from the beginning, Mark is setting us up for that. He's showing us from the very beginning that this may be with us. This is where this is leading to. So what we see today in, in the gospel is Jesus is in the synagogue. Um, in, uh, in the midst of, of, of Sabbath worship. And uh, it says he's teaching. An interesting phrase. He's teaching with authority. You know, the scribes are saying, who, who is this guy? Who is he? He's teaching with authority. I want to share some thoughts on that. I, I, I kind of reiterate some things I've shared in, in, in teaching and in homilies. This, this idea of what does it mean teaching with authority? I'd like to suggest, this has always made sense to me, if you look at what we call the stages of religion, you know, the first, the first stage of any religion is you, you belong to the community, you belong to the religious tradition, uh, to that system, if you want to be very objective about it. And you take on that community's its teachings, its, its, its rules, its laws, its stories, its books, and, and, you, and you give yourself to this outer authority that hopefully forms and shapes you to come to know the holy in your life. So baptism is an entry into this belonging. Uh, and we give ourselves over to this outer authority that we see other people's lives being transformed by and we want to be part of that. There's another stage in that process for many that you, you, by belonging, you begin to open yourself and you begin to have an experience of the holy in your life. It may, it may not be a, a thunderbolt, it may not be a vision, but it may be something that you begin to internalize this experience. You begin to have this sense of, I'm speaking from my experience of the holy. You begin to live from more of what's referred to as an inner authority. And that oftentimes is the prophetic voice. It's the prophets. The prophets are the ones who speak. Listen to the prophets speak. They will often say, you know, God says. Like saying, some people say, well, how do you know? Who do you say, God? I mean, let's look at the Bible. Let's look at the scripture. Let's look at our tradition. But the, but the prophet speaks in a different place. And oftentimes there's tension between the outer authority, the belonging community, and the prophetic voice, the inner authority. One's not better than the other. They're both part of the journey. They're both necessary. And if you look at the scriptures, the Pentateuch, the belonging system, the prophets speaking from their experience of the holy, 
And also come then the books of wisdom. The books of wisdom are signs of those of living in that tension between the belonging, the outer authority, and the inner authority. So Jesus, I would suggest to you, is a prophet. And he's speaking from this inner authority, this place of, of his experience of his father, to use the scriptural language. And the scribes are sitting there going, I can picture the scribes going, where is this? Where, where are we finding this, what he's saying in, in, in the writings here? Who, who is this guy? Who is he? Jesus speaks with authority. That speaking with authority will lead to some challenging times for Jesus as we go through the Gospel of Mark. And then there's this powerful scene of this, this, this man stands up, who are you? Who are you? Notice this demonic, I love that phrase, the demonic. It's a power, we don't use that word too much. Um, he doesn't encounter the demonic at the Sea of Galilee. He doesn't encounter the demonic in the marketplace. He, enc he encounters the demonic in the midst of the community, in the midst of the gathered, in the midst of that belonging community. The demonic speaks out. Um, it's been suggested by theologians, perhaps, the, the word demonic, we may not use that phrase like that, but it, it, it hints at meaninglessness, trying to create meaninglessness, chaos, disrupt. And the faith leads us to meaning. We discover meaning. We find meaning. Uh, and, and another phrase that's sometimes used is, uh, you've heard this phrase, the truth will set you free. You ever hear that? The truth will set you free. But it's a great quote. I'm not sure who exactly said it. But the truth shall set you free. But first, you're going to be miserable. <laughs> the truth will set you free. But first, you're going to be miserable. Um, because if you've really encountered the truth, and perhaps we're not living in that place, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. And the image of this man, the demonic, being healed says that Jesus cast out this demon and the man convulsed. His body shook as this left him. It's miserable to come to the truth. It's, it's a challenge to hear that authority. So today we, we see Jesus teaching and healing, teaching and healing. There was a, uh, someone in the church years ago in the 1970s um, Francis McNutt, he was uh, a priest then of the Dominican order who talked about healing. It was, a, it was a time and an era. I remember I was in seminary at that time. The whole ministry of healing was sort of becoming uh, something more apparent in the church. And he once said, all Jesus ever did was two things. He teached and he healed. Teach and he healed. He teached and he healed. He healed and he taught. Taught and he healed. And we see that in this reading today. Jesus teaches with authority from that inner authority, his experience of the holy, and he heals. He casts out meaninglessness and calls us into a sense of meaning, a sense of identifying who we are. We need the prophetic in our lives today. We need the belonging to community in our lives today. We continue to need healing and the source of meaning in this chaotic world we're living in right now, uh, to know who we are and what we're about. And um, during this year, we'll be reading from Mark's Gospel. 
We're in for quite a ride. It's a roller coaster. And we're in the ride together. And let us live this life, live into this gospel reading as Mark shares with us this wondrous uh, Jesus of Nazareth, this Christ who calls us to be healed, calls us to be whole, invites us into this innermost experience of the holy in our lives. We're in the ride together. We've already gone over the top. We're in the midst of it. And let me end with this one image at the Dragon Coaster in Playland, you ride through the darkness of the dragon in that ride. It's dark, and you come out. There'll be that, too, in the journey that we walk together. And we're here together to care and nurture each other and nurture each other on this ride that we're on. Let's let Mark guide us this year when we gather together for liturgy.